0: The latest on the world game, this is 442 Insider.
1: Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top football publication. This week we've been working harder than an umbrella salesman at the Ashes, covering news on Socceroos, the Hyundai A-League and international football. I'm Paul Hanson, and this week I'm joined by publisher Andy Jackson, the triumphant return of Deputy Editor Trevor Trahani, and um, ex-Premier League player, a sometime pundit, and small business owner, Spencer Pryor, who's come to uh, fill us in on uh, all the stuff that's been happening this week. Now, uh, guys, there's lots of news to get through. We're going to be previewing the A-League games, the kickoff of the A-League Season 5, which is obviously very exciting, and... Uh, yeah let's get started with some of the news this week and first up uh, the Socceroos squad was announced by Pim Verbeek for the friendly on uh, Wednesday Thursday morning our time against uh, the Republic of Ireland in Limerick otherwise known as Stab City, so bring your Stab Vests Aussie boys. Um, is it? It's known as Stab City most, really? no, well it was a few years ago when I was going out with a girl from Limerick's so, oh, and uh, it is a game that's now. Probably, that's yeah. probably just her. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I did go to sleep with a Stab Vest on. Um, anyway, the, onto the Socceroos squad. A uh, couple of surprises in, in the team, the, the old faithful, but there's a few new boys. Lads, what do you, what do you think? Good, good squad to, to go into the game? interesting squad isn't it um,
2: there's a few names which stuck out in terms of players I'd really like to see I mean we're now getting to the situation talking so who's going to sort of make that late run to make the, the squad to South Africa pleased Rukovic is in the squad because I've always rated him in the A-League and mm. I think if he gets games um, in Europe he can make it Speranovic is another one I'd like to see him play um, James Holland and Aaron Moy is that right Moy yeah. that's uh, Bolton they really rate him at Bolton um, piece in the mag this uh, this month, uh, the Bolton fan saying, you know, he's the one to watch from you know the whole of the Bolton team. So that's quite an accolade. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to you know two or three of those four playing.
3: I think probably the surprise for me was um, was Kisnormo's call up. Mm. Um, he had a probably. Widely regarded as an awful Asian Cup, and really didn't do himself any favours there. Although there were a lot of players that didn't, um, and then he's been he's been injured for quite a long period. So it'd be interesting to see him come back. Um, whether he'll start, I'm not sure. Um, Lucas Neal's there as well, so I think it'd be interesting. Obviously, yeah, we've talked about this before, is that you know, Pim needs to get his first choice defensive pairing I think Lucas Neal's a given and it's who's going to play alongside him we've seen Chris Coyne uh, he's obviously called up Madashi again um, whether he'll try him I don't know but that, that's going to be the interesting thing
1: how do you think they're gonna? How do you think Pim will play? Will it be quite? Sven-Goran Eriksson was always known for experimenting quite a lot when he had his friendlies. Do you think Pim's going to do the same thing, or do you think he'll try and put out his strongest eleven, Spencer?
4: I think he'll put his strongest eleven out. I think it's great to see Nicky Cole back in the squad. I mean, he's got a lot to prove this year. Um, needs to be playing regular first-team football, forcing his way back into the squad. You know, building up to the World Cup. I'm going to just touch on Aaron Moore. He Apparently, he had a phenomenal tournament um, in Argentina with the young emerging Socceroos and uh, he, uh, he's, he's a very, very good player of the future. Lucas New obviously needs to get his club situation sorted out as Pim's come out and said that you know, these boys need to be playing regular football. So yeah. whether he'll actually play Lucas on the back that he's just been doing his own training and not been working with a squad for the whole of pre-season, um, that's very, very tough. To do to get your fitness and sharpness right up to scratch, especially going into an international game.
1: Yeah, and and Ireland, a good team to sort of test ourselves against, you know, a gritty European uh, Italian manager who likes to play quite defensively, so it will be a good test for our boys going forward.
3: Yeah, I don't think they'll want to lose. I think, you know, I think on the Lucas side of it, whilst he's not been training with the club, I think he'll he'll want that experience there to anchor it. I don't think you'd want to necessarily be playing against Ireland with with a sort of back you know, centre-halves of Modashi and, uh, and Norbo or Spiranovic. I think you'll want that experience there. Um, so I, I, think, I don't think we'll see Pim change his system. I think he'll, he'll keep the same system as we've talked about before. That's his system and he wants players that, to show that they can fit into that. I don't think there's any point in him playing any differently than he plans to play at the World Cup. What he's looking for now is who are the players that can step up and be part of the 23 playing in that system.
2: I think another point worth making was the one you made, Paul, when we saw the squad was come out. (laughs) <laughs> it was a good point. Don't look yeah. so surprised. <laughs> so, uh, talking about um, the A-League players not being in these teams, the ones that have come back and, you know, they're obviously not there because the game's in Ireland. So, but As you were saying, they're automatically at a disadvantage. People like, you know, Kalina and particularly Chris Coyne, who his chances of, of taking that role next to Lucas. He's not getting the opportunity to show what he can do, you know, against you know, international opposition in Ireland. And I don't know if that's going to count against him. Yeah, I mean,
3: but then I think by the same token they'll get their chance in the in the Holland game in October when he yeah, might it and might not call on some of the European boys to make the trip and then he'll look for the for the Australian based sort of if
2: you like the, the regulars the, the, the cleaners really anchor that I think in a and the Asia set. Cup qualifiers as well whereas before it was pure A-League which obviously would be a that, game that can, but now that the, can be
1: your point now that Trev's seen as you can Andy have that just point. Andy okay. shot, as soon as Andy shot it down it can be your point now, I'd, yeah. mind,
4: so. I'd like to point out that it'd probably be the first time that a lot of them would have tasted the proper pint of guineas <laughs> see how they cope with that see how they cope with that yeah make sure it's
1: after and not before moving on uh, some disturbing news out of uh, China with uh, an angry mob pelting the young Matildas at the end of their clash against China there was uh, controversial scenes at the end of the game with a penalty not being given and when all the teams kind of shook hands at the end. There was a bit of um, argy-bargy or handbags, quite appropriately. And uh, yeah, the, the, the fans were, were throwing bottles and pelting them with all sorts after the game. It's not uh, what you want to see when the, when the players are you know, between 15 and 19 years old.
2: No one likes to see an Australian team bottle it, do they? So
1: No, exactly. <laughs> I don't were... know
2: much more about what happened, but um, was it a panicky decision at the end that W- was given and then um, it kicked off. It's just a bit depressing. It's the under-19s
1: that it's been so. Yeah, and the and the older, the, the, the quotes from the, the coach, Alan Stayitch, uh said that um, there was a little bit of controversy about refereeing decisions and there was an under, undercurrent about maybe, uh, you know, the, the Chinese referee or the, the crowd had influenced the game and it had been stolen from them, so... Uh
3: yeah I mean I think I mean without seeing it without seeing the context it's difficult to comment but you never want to see that an all in brawl with the benches involved um, and certainly what the fans do afterwards you know isn't good at any stage, but as Trev said, I think you know it's not the sort of thing you want your under 19 team, male or female, to be involved in is 23 men or women in this case, brawls. So, expensive
4: at home to a 23 man brawl. Uh, I have seen a 23 <laughs> man brawl in a tunnel occasionally, but on, on, the, on a positive side from this, from the girls' point of view, they it didn't affect them too much because they've, they've just overnight won 4 nil against Chinese Taipei, so they finished off the competition really strongly, didn't get through. Um, to the finals but you know they've, they've not let the stuff that's gone on off the field affect him too much
1: yeah great point we're well, moving on to uh, a, a little bit more positive news Josh Kennedy moving to the J League obviously following Pimberbeek's advice to get yourself a, a place where you can play regularly and he's been uh, firing in the goals there 3-3 three three and three, three, for, and three. For, for, better than that. for Jesus um, vindicated the move really is not he
2: Yeah, one of the points as his teammate was making was that, um, you know, he can win everything in the air because he's so tall. I mean, it's an obvious point to make and there's one we made before he went there. But, you know, it's clearly a good move and it's a sort of move, I mean, their season's going to run up closer to the World Cup so being in good condition. It's really good news for the Socceroos.
1: Spencer, do you think it's a a step down for Josh in the, in the sense of the level I mean that was what really struck me somewhat that he decided to leave Germany mm. obviously not a, a top tier league but um, you know, a, a decent standard of players over there to go to Japan not, not casting any aspersions on the, the level of the J League but it just seemed to me that he, it was a step down he's, he's, a, he's a step down and playing regularly better than playing in a better league and training and just sitting on the bench
4: well, according to Pimper Bake, it wasn't last year. But um, you know, it's not. It's not being detrimental to the, the J League. It, it's not as strong as the Bundesliga. Um, the European competitions are generally stronger anyway. I think he's gone into a a really good environment there, where you know I think the club he he was with got relegated last year in the Bundesliga. Now, you know, so it's good that he's stayed in a competition where there is still promotion relegation. He's got something to fight for. He's got he's going to be playing regular first team football. It can only be a benefit. Um, You know, even if he'd have stayed at the and played in the second tier of the Bundesliga, I think. You know, he, the, his main priority was playing regular first team football so the fact he's had to go to the J League to get it you know he's, he's neither here nor there really it's just uh, good to see him playing regular games yeah. I think for a
3: striker as well as we've seen with, with Scott McDonald for the <laughs> national team you know it, it's scoring goals regularly you know, being a striker is so much about confidence in front of goal and taking your chances and, and it's not like he's gone to a backwater you know it's a good standard mm, yeah. I think wider implications for the Socceroos is you know the, the whole Japanese and the Asian market would be looking at that thinking Josh Kennedy is, is a fearsome striker which can stand us in good stead when we go to things like the Asian Cup because all of a sudden there's a guy coming with a big rep playing outside of Australia within the Asian market and um, so I, th- I think it's a great move for him and it's, it's great that he's, you know, he's taken his opportunity and I think he, you know, he's the sort of player that will, will become a bit of a cult figure over mm. there as, as, he's, as he's becoming over here so.
1: Well he's got a bit of uh, a bit of competition in the cult state as it says here that not only Grand Grandpa Sait have have uh, Jesus Kennedy but they've got Magnum (laughs) PI so uh, Tom Selleck obviously trying to score a few goals there I wonder if he's got the big bushy moustache or if he's uh, (laughs) not but uh, that's the end of the uh, first part of the podcast but stay with us as when we come back we'll be chatting over our experiences at the A-League season 5 launch which took part on Monday including uh, eating a few pies with Charlie Miller so join us after the break where we uh, run all that down
0: Goldrick Farrell Milan solicitors are here to help all sports People, Whether individuals, clubs or corporates, right across every code of sport in Australia and around the world. Goldrick Farrell solicitors offer professional advice from their lawyers and sports consultants. Whether it's negotiating or renewing contracts or securing the best arrangements for your personal, business or property interests. Goldrick Farrell solicitors have the team for you. Contact partner Barry Milan now on 029267731 or visit www.gfm dot com dot au
5: the Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa, known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe. The Green and Gold Army's authorized travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all 3 Australian group stage games, tickets to 4 additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games and safe secure accommodation in Johannesburg just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 -300 756 for more information on Australian football's once in a lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast.
6: The A-League season kicks off on Thursday night and TAB Sportsbet covering each and every match of the season right throughout the year. Remember, live betting on the result. Live betting, 133390. That's on your phone account or if you are in a cash office throughout Australia. As a promotion in round one, kicking off with the Melbourne Victory and the Central Coast Mariners on Thursday night, TAB Sportsbet will refund all losing bets in the correct score market if that score finishes nil all at the end of normal time. So check out tabsportsbet.com.au to bet on the A-League right throughout the season
0: the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider.
1: Hi and welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast and we're uh, gripped with excitement at the launch of the new A-League season which kicks off tonight actually, so hopefully you'll be Thank listening God. to this. Finally,
3: we're going to have some football to talk about. Excellent. <laughs> four months of doing the podcast, we're actually going to have a game to talk about.
1: And it all officially kind of kicked off without a ball being kicked on Monday with the, the media launch of the A-League season five with... Multiple players and all the managers down there, uh, all the big wigs from football having their say about the, the kickoff of the new season. And uh, we were all down there and uh, just wanted to give you a, a few impressions of how we thought that went, you know, with the anticipation of the two new teams and the, the perception that the standard is going to rise with the, all the new players coming overseas. Guys, what were your impressions of, of the launch and uh, the, the new league season um. kicking off?
3: I thought as those things go, I thought it was, I thought it was good. You know, I, I always think with those things, I think the excitement of that is lost. I'm probably the most cynical bunch of people, which is the media that stand there and go, you know, I just want to wait until I can get in front of Robbie Fowler with, with my, uh, with my dictaphone. And I, I think maybe a good idea for the future will be actually having some fans at that thing, because I think they're the people that are genuinely getting excited about it, you know, yeah. from as we said at the time, it was a bit surreal to see Robbie Fowler there in a, in an A-League sort of, uh, you know, pre-seasons of press conference. With well, a so,
2: giant piece of jigsaw because yeah, they made well, the this jigsaw with the players and the coach. S- sitting on a microphone. Um,
3: but yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good concept. I think the, 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 the mate, you know, be part of something bigger, I think sums up what a lot of people think about. It. I think it's the one thing that football has got in this country that it is part of a global game that is, is much bigger than the local domestic league. And I think they've tapped into that well. Yeah. I think the main thing was, you know, as we've talked about is on paper it looks like it's going to be the best season ever you know, you look at the squads, you look at the quality of players that have come back, both Australian and non-Australian, and we'll find out tonight. We'll get a good insight into it over this weekend.
1: Mm. Spencer, do you, how, where do you stand on the fence of the, the standard being raised? I mean, it seems every season the standard has got better, but mm. there's, a, there's a lot of expectations this season that uh, it's going to be a noticeable leap to another level with some of the Socceroos coming back and stuff. Do you, where, do you, where do you sit on that?
4: On the fence? I get off the fence definitely. (laughs) There's there's no sitting on the fence from me. Look, the the build-up has been intense, and let's be honest. And and, you know, Robbie Fowler coming into this competition this year is arguably the best signing that the A-League has had since Dwight Yorke. Um, I think to have a player of his profile over here shows how much the competition has moved forward. Um, we just want Robbie to have a great year go and talk to his mates back and back home and say you know what a great competition it is come and play over here next year and suddenly we see an influx of, uh, of top players coming over here to really really keep this league Growing I think. Do you the, Steve Mutt
2: Manor that could be then, think, if it's gonna be his mate. Right. So do you think that
3: the fact that Robbie has gone to North Queensland has sort of lessened the impact slightly than it would have done if he'd have gone to Sydney or Melbourne, where it's a it's a bigger market, more media, you know, more things going on in the city? I mean I, I sort of certainly feel that you compare it with when Dwight York came, and I, I guess Dwight was a different character to Robbie and there was a the whole off-field sort of, you know infamy of Dwight which they certainly played upon and, and he was out and mm. about and Robbie's not really that sort of person but I, I'm not I don't think that the build up and the excitement around Robbie Fowler is
4: as big as it should have been well I just go on and say well done then at North Queensland for the fact that they've actually managed to bring bring Robbie Fowler over yeah. and he not go to a Sydney I think I think it was important that North Queensland hit, hit the competition hard you know bringing mm. these new clubs in as new franchises Robin Fowler will put buns on seats. There's no doubt about that. And there's been too many marquee players here for the last four years that haven't done that job. Yeah. Um, so to have him here as a marquee, he will do the job that a marquee is supposed to do. Um, the the Chris Coyne coming back, I think, is an excellent uh, player to come back and shows that he you know he believes that by playing in the A League will not damage. His chances of getting into the World Cup squad next year he would have obviously had a chat with him for a bake before he made that decision. So I think the fact that you know we're getting players like him, the Jason Colina's coming back, is is very big for the competition.
1: Yeah, and Trev was uh, off schmoozing with his. Uh... Stick to phone, stuffing it in people's faces. Scaring Chris Greenacre. Yeah, yeah I, I that, think... that's probably the, 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 the best story. But tell us, who, who did you get a good impression of who was up for the season when uh, the guys you were speaking to? Alex Wilkinson from the Central Coast Mariners. M- my mate. Probably yeah. the
2: n- right. nicest guy in the A League, I reckon. Yeah, I top, top the fella. There. Cleaner as well. Just Holmwood professional. But we had a little chat with. Chris Greenacre as well because obviously I've tipped him to, to be top goal scorer I've tipped him you know 67 to 1 at TAB I reckon you know alright scoring record in England he might do it so we went and had a little chat with him you know about it and said I had the bet on him and it was fine at first but I think started to weird him out a little bit after a while and he could sort of feel the pressure and I said to him I said look I'm not going to lie to you I will turn on you if you don't get <laughs> if you don't get the goals you know I've got, I've got a blog and I
1: so i can, he did yeah, I've got a blog and I'm not I've afraid got a to blog use and it a podcast. Uh, but,
2: and I will use it yeah, yeah. and yeah, like I said you know stay fit and stuff like that and I think you can feel you can feel the pressure I feel
1: the pressure bit. already mm. well we did um, while all the other proper journalists were off uh, getting into, we were rubbish weren't we? We, yeah while all the proper journalists were out
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll be keen on, on Spencer's perspective on this as an ex-player yep what do you think about having to do events like that? Is it, do you just see it as part of the part of the job, or do you
4: enjoy it? Or honestly, it's a part of the job some of the questions you get asked are absolutely just mind-numbing boring and you have to deal with the same questions <laughs> have, you been, have, you asked, have you
1: met trevor before
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know you have to give you have to give um, everybody's deserves of their time you got responsibility within within your contracts <laughs> to deal with the media there's certain members in the media you don't want to talk to that you speak a little bit less to um, Trevor again. Yeah, see so he's still <laughs> talking about <laughs> still me. He's still on Trevor. On Trevor
3: yeah. Got a little eye contact so, a Have you <laughs> ever have you ever had a like a, a fractured relationship with a journalist that, that you were like, you know, you've slaughtered me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk to you? No, I never got that personal with
4: anybody, but um I'm seeing
3: the old Joe Kinnear episode last well, season it was that
4: was, yeah we can't run that yeah. know, we've thought about putting it on our website but that wouldn't have uh, you know wouldn't have had to go on after hours but uh, no look every player has a responsibility I think um, I think I think I'd like to see a little bit more from the players uh, in terms of a bit of personality coming out I think uh, everything's a bit Stage
1: yeah. So. Well, we had a bit of a laugh. We got a bit of personality from some of the lads. We, uh, while all the other journalists were off there getting their proper interviews, we decided that we'd get some uh, sound bites for the podcast, showing all our celebrity friends. And uh, we must have been the worst people in giving instructions to these guys because it was very simple, very easy. We had a cue card for and, I mean, stick to print, wasn't it? it was a lesson we learned because yeah, we didn't and, any good at this. It just uh, shows. So we're going to play you some of, the, some of the guys. Some of the guys had a bit of fun with us. And uh, the, the backstory of this is that Andy told us that the winner of uh, getting the best uh, soundbite oh, yeah. from the player yeah. would uh, win some beers. So How I suppose it? with with Spencer in the room, uh, having never heard him before, I think he can vote on who the who the best one is. And uh, beers are plenty for section three and four. We might be on our knees doing it. So uh, first one up is um, Archie Thompson, striker of Melbourne Victory, and uh, this is what he had to say.
7: Hi, I'm Archie Thompson of the Melbourne Victory.
3: to inside a podcast
5: Right. So,
3: that's one of the best you ones. You what, <laughs> that's a hell of a formation, that. So, that's Melbourne Vinci playing 18 players tonight.
1: That's why, obviously, Earnings tactics uh, revealed early, the first exclusive of the night. Uh, now It's got... an AFL formation. <laughs> four, 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 four two. Now we've got uh, Chris Greenacre. Um, uh, you can hear the nervousness uh, in pressure. his voice. <laughs> uh, shall we call him our Chris Greenacre uh, for uh, now? Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, I think there's an economy of words here. I think he's straight to the point, so.
4: Chris Greenacre, Wellington Phoenix, listening to the Insider podcast. Good work. That
1: sounds like a top scorer, doesn't it? To
2: Tell me. you what, you've got goals. It's all business
1: like that. Uh, next up, uh, Sydney FC star player Carol Kissel. 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 Hi, I'm Carol Kissel of Sydney FC, and you. He-
2: Tell pretty good.
4: It's better than I could do it in check. Pretty good. That Sounds <laughs> like he's on helium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now this is uh, this is my one, my effort with Alex Wilkinson oh. after Trevor got, um, you know, pretty average one. Alex was brilliant, but you know there was no creativity from from Trevor. So this is uh, my
5: one. Hi, I'm Alex Wilkinson from the Central Coast Mariners, and you're listening to the Four Four Two Insider Podcast with my great <laughs> mate Paul
2: Hensford.
5: <laughs> 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 He'd do and, anything for beers, <laughs> unprompted. And, with and that.
2: really, that was unprompted. A, cu- really. a couple of points. A couple of points, Matt. One, he starts laughing when it comes to the Paul Hanford bit. And two, if you were there, Paul had it written on a card. He had to turn Paul's business card over to read Paul's name.
1: That's that's how close the mates they are. Well, you know, we talked about it over a beer the night before. That's why I was laughing. You think you were Mike Lynch? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sydney FC manager. This uh, is mine. Levitska. It's uh, Trevor's one. This is very good. I'm Vitislav
2: Lavička I'm a trainer at uh,
3: Sydney FC. Going to do it in Czech. Fantastic. Fantastic. Originality. hey? We've just got to Hold hope up. that that's what he actually said. Without yeah, any sure. Czech people writing in telling us what he really said.
1: Uh, Queensland, or, or should I say Brisbane, raw legend, Charlie Miller? Hi, I'm Charlie Muller, I'm just about to steal a pay. And I'm still on a pay. That
4: was not Can we get subtitles for Charlie <laughs> Milla, please? I
1: think he said, I'm just about to steal a pie. I have stolen a pie. You right. know, there so,
2: was, um, it was kind of food coming around on uh, plates and stuff, and Charlie couldn't resist. He couldn't resist. At our pie, so, yeah.
1: Now, what I think is one of the, the best ones, uh, Miron Blyberg. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and in his defence, he said he didn't have his glasses on, he? That's
2: he? He said, it, he, I gave him the card. It didn't go very well, as you're about to hear. But he said, you know, he didn't have his glasses. I spoke to Jason Kalina after. Jason Kalina says he doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so someone along the line's lying. Well, here we go.
7: Hello. Hello. I'm Aaron Blyberg, the coach of Gorgos United. That's okay? Oh, and you listening to... What? can see it. And you are what? Listening, listening. <laughs> listening to the 442. Insider, insider, what is this? Podcast, podcast.
3: gold gold.
1: at least he turned up at least he wasn't a cardboard cutout. absolutely brilliant Um, and to just show that there were some guys that we did give instructions to and we we finally got it right we've got a couple of good fellas here I reckon uh, Archie Thompson we we need to give him one back after uh, after his uh, crazy formation he's the proper one i Archie Thompson of the Melbourne Victory and you're listening to the 442
4: Insider Podcast. Oh, you oh, can tell true. he messed up the first Probably. time though, didn't he? Jason? I preferred his
1: first one. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Brisbane Raw's Matt Mackay, consumer professional. Last one. Here we on go. Never Hi, I'm Matt
2: Mackay of the Brisbane Raw and you're listening to the 442 Insider Podcast. There you go. He's got.
1: He's actually got a voice for radio so get him on. There yeah, yeah. you go. So, Spence. Yeah. Which one was your favourite
4: there? Well, I'm. I'm going to root for the. Uh, the. 442 in Czech actually because yes. I thought that, uh, that. well also go. we need to introduce him to some local beers and get him away from the Czech beers. definitely well that was a
1: journalist journalism Budvar on the way journalism is its highest point there uh, we're going to go to a break now but join us when we come back when we're going to play our new game over under
0: I just don't know what's wrong with some tradies today look at the vehicles they drive more show than anything and certainly not tough. I reckon some tradies have even gone soft. For real, fair-dinkum, tough tradies, there's only one choice, Mahindra. Mahindra's range of 4x2 and 4x4 workhorse pickups and cab chassis know how to get the job done. And they won't cost an arm and a leg, starting at $19,990 drive away. Visit your local dealer for a test drive today
7: or visit mahindrapickup.com.au. Making your power of attorney can be daunting and very confusing. What kind of power of attorney do you need? How do you do it? Who can witness it? The Australian Power of Attorney Kit explains the different powers of attorney easily and in plain English, so you'll find it very easy to understand. The Power of Attorney Kit provides step-by-step instructions on how to fill out the Power of Attorney form of your choice. And we have a very special offer for you right now. When you buy the Australian Power of Attorney Kit, we'll include all the forms you need for whichever Power of Attorney you choose to make. A Power of Attorney is a legal document that allows another person to make decisions for you only in the event you cannot make decisions for yourself. The Australian Power of Attorney kit is only 29 95 plus postage and handling. Order online at australianpowerofattorney.com.au or call us today. Here's how to order. Call 1-800-200-109. That's 1-800-200-109. Write the number down. 1-800-200-109. Call now. Back to 442 Insider.
1: Hello, hello, (laughs) welcome back to the Insider Podcast. Um, We're back after our um, exploits at the A-League launch, and now we're going into another new segment. Over or under, the guys are smirking at me again, but I'll tell you what, at the end they'll be happy I came up with it. Borrowed from one of my favourite U- US podcasts, whose name I won't tell you, because you'll probably go off and listen to them and not us. And it's bad to be way better than us. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, rules of the game is that I set the scenario and the lads will tell me whether the outcome will be over or under my assessment. You can push if you uh, think that I've hit it right on the nose, but you'll be ridiculed, bold and sundry for being weak and having no opinion. I think it'll all become clearer when we start, so here goes. Trev, Mm -hmm. over or under, third place this season for Gold Coast United?
2: Over. First or second, I'm saying.
1: It's going to be a crap game if you don't explain why, your
2: your reasoning. (laughs) Right, okay. Um, I think they're better than third place, Yeah. and they will accumulate more points over the course of the season (laughs) to put them in one of the top two slots.
1: you're going to kill my game
4: (laughs) Uh, Spencer over or under third place I'm going to say under purely on the grounds that they've made some great sign-ins they've got a a good coach at the club a very very good coach in Paul Ocon (laughs) Um, but that's where I'll leave it Andy I'm, I'm going to agree with Spencer I'm going to
3: say under I think there's a there's a lot for them to live up to, and the danger with that is if things don't go right early, there can be a lot of people like sort of looking at each other going, "What's going on here? We were supposed to be going undefeated. We were supposed to be walking this, and we're not." And I think Saturday will be critical. I think if they lose on Saturday, I think the pressure will immediately be on them. Yeah, you know, and they've created that themselves, and it's great they've done it. It's a great copy for us, you know, but. When thing, if things don't go right early I think it could be uh, it could be a disappointing season for them
1: Spencer this one for you over or under ninth place for North Queensland Fury I'm
4: going to say um, I'm going to say over I think uh, they've got a they've got a man in charge at the club Ian Ferguson who is a, a natural winner and I don't think he'll accept the the, the fact that you've Tipped him to finish second last. Actually, I think it's a bit. Um, someone's got. To, I suppose, but I, I think he is a natural winner, and he'll demand better out of his players. And also, going and playing up there is a tough place to play. Andy,
3: um, I hope it's. I hope it's over. I really do because if it, if it's over, that means that Robbie Fowler's had a good season. I think, and I think that's important for the whole league and for the future of that marquee position that we've discussed. So I'm going to give a hopeful over even though I don't think I've tipped that
2: in the, in the magazine mm-hmm. yeah. Trevor under uh, rock bottom I think they've got too many A-league castaways and players that you know haven't cut it at teams before and they're now going to try and gel them together straight away in a new club everything's injured on Robbie Fowler he gets injured for a little bit he goes off form you know like players and like strikers do they'll struggle so I think rock bottom for them this season
1: okay Andy over or under nine goals this season for Robbie Fowler
2: Again, I'm going to go hopeful over.
3: Is it 27 games? So 27 games, one in three. If he's fit, I hope he'll score more than that. And he'll be taking the penalties, so (laughs) there's a good chance of that. So, yeah, I'm going to go over. Come on, Robbie. Uh,
2: Under. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I think, you know, he'll get close to that um, but I think he'll be just under that I think he'll, he'll, miss, a, he'll miss a couple of games and I think it'll, it'll be tough playing in that squad to get many but yeah penalties I reckon he'll get like half his goals will be
4: penalties this season Spencer? You are banned from North Queensland you yeah. do realise that it's you should finish rock Robbie Fowler to score 8 goals or less you're, you're just not going to get in the area um, I'm going to say as uh, as Andy said a very hopeful over. I think he will be a marked man this year. There'll be people out to um, kick him about and try and uh, stop him scoring but look listen us remember that it's a team game. The focus will be largely on Robbie Fowler but uh, I'm I'd like to think he'll get more than 9 goals in, in a competition where you know he should he should get a lot more than that. Back to Trev. Uh,
1: Over Under, the first managerial sacking taking place on November the 1st.
2: I'm going to say, how many months is that? That's the ten games. Game, right? It's about ten, ten games. Ten, ten games. games. Right. I'm going to go over. I think I think they'll cling in there. i was just trying to think who's most you know most likely to go. I think Laureate Mariners might be under a bit of pressure if they, if they don't start well. But I think they've got a mixture of managers that deserve to be given time and ones that have proven themselves before. So you know, I certainly think there is going to be sackings during the season. But I, I think you know the ten guys will get
4: past that November the first. Spence. I'm going to pass on this question because I'm a coach and I don't think we should be talking about managers getting sacked. I think uh, everybody deserves a chance. Um, I'd like to see the clubs back their managers a lot more anyway. And uh, so therefore, I'll be passing on this question. I I like it. I'm going to go over as well.
3: I think that... um I think with a longer season, I think we'll see coaches given a bit longer to get it right. I don't think we'll see, you know, the 21-game season, if you don't get a good start in the first five or six games, you can be out of it. And I think with the 27-game season, it's a bit more. And I'm not convinced it works. Just the structure of the A-League with a set squad size and a salary cap that's full. You know, the coach with the, an incoming coach can't really change anything. No. You know, they're not his players, he hasn't chosen them, he's got no room to move. So I'd, I agree with Sven, I'd like to see that. You know, we've talked about this before, so the average life expectancy of an A-League coach is about 12 games you know which is ridiculous you know so I'd I'd like to see I'd I'd love to see all 10 coaches still in in place at the end of the season
4: On that I thought it was brilliant what we saw with Perth Glory last year when they were struggling everyone was talking about Mitch getting sacked what they did they gave him another two year contract and said well there you go media that's your answer to Mitch getting sacked and they gave him a good deal he's gone out and recruited really really well this year the pressure will be on Mitch let's make no bones about it because of the, the recruitment program that he's put together. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we've got to get more from the owners to back their coaches. Yeah. And you look, look at the benchmark, which is Melbourne, you know they've had that consistency
3: there, and Ernie Merrick's built his team, and it is his team. You know, and he's he's felt the need not to have to go out and make wholesale changes based on last season. Won the double. He's like, I'm happy with this. You know, mm-hmm. and as he said today, he, he thinks they're going to be better than last year because again they've had. You know they're going to hit the ground running because they they know each other inside out. So mm-hmm. I think it's that balance between chopping and changing and getting a, getting some fresh ideas, but or sticking with what's been successful.
1: Moving on, Spence, two players, over or under, two players being given their Socorroo debut against Ireland?
4: Over. I think he'll blood players. I think he'll... He's got nothing to lose over there. The pressure's off. The World Cup qualifying's done. He's uh, introducing players, getting them out there, letting them have a run. Um, I'd love to see him give Aramui a little run out. I think it'll be great to see him uh, him getting game it's good to see Nicky Rukovic as well obviously yeah. back in the squad I think yeah. but he'll be we'd like to see him getting a run out Andy over
1: under
3: mm, yeah i say this but I think you've got his spot on I think it'll be two I think we, um, I think Rukovic I think it might even start with him um, and then I think Towards the end, he'll. I'd like to, again, give Aaron Moore a run maybe for 20 minutes. So I think two will probably be about right. I think there'll be a lot of players that will be making their, their second or third appearance. You know, the likes of potentially Vidicic and Reese Williams, you know, but they, they, they've already made their debuts, but they've, they've not had a lot of time yet. So.
2: I'll, I'll go over. I think not necessarily in the starting lineup, but like Andy uh, like Andy's saying, perhaps the last 20 minutes, a few lads will get a run out to see how they're doing. So, yeah, over. It's a Randy set on the fence.
1: Yeah, Andy pushed. Uh, what's Andy I'll on this one Andy up next uh, over under two losses for Liverpool this season in the league well over
3: well yep. over yep. yeah I mean I think there'll be two losses or more for every team in the Premier League this year Liverpool definitely
1: Yeah. I mean Liverpool had two losses last year and they still didn't win the league yeah no so, I, think, I think they'll lose more than that this year yeah. Trev I,
2: I think um, they almost kind of need to which sounds like a silly thing to say lose games but you know the problem they had you know Last season was that they were drawing lots of games against silly teams and not going for it, and having the wrong tactics set out from the start. If you looked at you know what Manu did, Manu you, you know lost more games, but they you know they'd gamble in the last twenty minutes against teams. So I think they'll go over, but you know they still won't win the title.
4: over Sorry, yeah. um, losing Xavier Alonso is a, a massive loss for them. Going to Real Madrid, I think you know that's uh, a big loss. I think I don't think there is good defensively as as Manchester United or Chelsea um, we see Manchester City obviously with the push that they've made with recruitment I, I think Liverpool will lose more than two games this year
1: final fi- final over under to, to start off with Trev uh, over under two English teams in the Champions League semi-finals this year hmm
2: um, I think it might be under the only team I, I fancy to do well in Europe out that lot Chelsea this season I, I think you know Man you have lost too many of those sort of class European um, performers I don't really fancy Arsenal that much and I don't think Liverpool
4: make it so I think yeah under Chelsea Spencer I'm going to I'm going to say under as an Englishman it's really sad but I don't want to say to and sit on the fence so um, I think I think we've got to look realistically and say Manchester United and Chelsea should make it. Um, I don't think Liverpool will. I don't think Arsenal will. They've lost too many players. Um, so I'll take a punt at under if I've got to get off the fence. Um, I'll, for the sake of the segment, I'll
3: disagree. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say Chelsea, Man United and Liverpool. As long as they don't get draw against each other in the in the group stages can that happen in uh,
1: not in the group but, in but the afterwards can like, after, they play yeah. each other yeah. I, mean,
3: I still think that you know Chelsea Man United yeah Man United have lost Ronaldo but they're, they're still and they've got that experience I, I still think they'll be the team to beat you know we've still got to find out whether you know Real Madrid can get those players to play together um, and beyond that you'd probably say Barcelona are going to be strong again no doubt about that so I'm going to go over I'm going to be optimistic and say another three
1: great well thanks very much fellas for uh, taking part in the, in the game another strong segment I thought yeah well, it's, uh, probably the last time that will be said uh, but we'll uh, we run out of time uh, but when we come back st- stay tuned in because we'll be chatting to Spencer Pryor and also previewing all the games to kick off in A-League Season 5
0: Goldrick Farrell Milan solicitors are here to help all sporting people whether individuals, clubs or corporates right across every code of sport in Australia and around the world Goldrick Farrell Milan solicitors offer professional advice from their lawyers and sports consultants whether it's negotiating or renewing contracts or securing the best arrangements for your personal, business or property interests. Goldrick Farrell Milan solicitors have the team for you. Contact partner Barry Milan now on 02-92-6773-11 or visit www.gfm.com.au.
5: The Socceroos have done their bit. Now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos' base. Head to www.ggarmyontour com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once in a lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast.
6: The A-League season kicks off on Thursday night and TAB Sports Bet covering each and every match of the season right throughout the year. Remember live betting on the result, live betting, 133390 that's on your phone account or if you are in a cash office throughout Australia. As a promotion in round One kicking off with the Melbourne Victory and the Central Coast Mariners on Thursday night. TAB Sportsbet will refund all losing bets in the correct score market if that score finishes nil all at the end of normal time. So check out tabsportsbet.com.au to bet on the A-League right throughout the season.
0: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider.
1: Hello and welcome back to Four Four Two Insider. And in this segment, we're joined—well, we have been joined for the whole show—with uh, by Spencer Pryor. But uh, now it's his uh, time in the spotlight. We dim um. the dim the, light, <laughs> dim the lights and point the uh, the bulb directly in his face. Uh, Ex-Norwich, Leicester City, Manchester City and a host of other clubs uh, in your long and storied career. Uh, won a few trophies as well along the way. Derby
4: County, we must have Yes, Darby.
1: Derby Darby County. It's a great club. Uh, sometime TV pundit and now an expanding business owner in uh, Sydney. Thank you. So you've uh, got many uh, arrows in the sheath that arrows are kept in with the bow. <laughs>
4: www.lovefootball.com.au In, the quiver. Lovefootball. in
1: you, the quiver. You passed me on the bus today in the in the jeep or something. somewhere. F- all across the car. Yeah, and I was going to look it up it on so my so iPhone so to find out who, and it was you. It was, uh,
3: given this is not, not TV and I'll see Spencer's gone in his best northern beaches outfit of thongs and jeans <laughs> it's, it's to, about totally integrated into northern beaches society absolutely well, culturalism indeed. at its best
1: well look, <laughs> moving on to uh, we've got loads of questions for you spencer yep. and uh, the, the first one is i suppose with all the the games you've played in your career with all the teams you've played in just like to, to ask what probably was your most memorable moment in football uh, over your career
4: I've tried to think about this last night because I got this through with, with questions being asked a lot. Um, the, the, the Norwich campaign with Europe was great against Bayern Munich. Winning there. Um, winning promotion with Southend United was, was mag- magnificent and a magic moment. Done it back to back twice with the club. Um, cup finals with Leicester. Cup finals with Southend. End. Um, games for Manchester City getting promotion last day of the season I, I've got I'm, I'm torn between a game for Derby County against Leicester as as my most memorable game it was only a league game but I'd just moved from Leicester to Derby and you know and yeah. obviously a massive East Midlands. yeah. Um, and I've got a brilliant reception from both sets of supporters I, I probably had one of my best games that I ever played and it was a, a, a really great game I had MLS in my pocket for 90 minutes and it was just a great moment it must have been but a big pocket for, for me personally I suppose it fell into it the biggest game was the final day for Manchester City at Blackburn when I went in on deadline date from Derby and um, they were pushing to get back in the Premier League. I'd been sent in. They'd sold Christian Daly the day before for £9 million, Bought me for £700,000. And uh, I, I was brought in to do, do a job. I'd scored three goals in nine games, which for me was just unbelievable. I thought I was a goal-scoring centre-half, but they <laughs> soon found out I wasn't. <laughs> um, and we got smashed on that last day of the season against Blackburn. Um, Graham Soonis was in charge. They just had Ipswich at, at uh, Ewood Park win the championship there, and he said no other team will come here and ever celebrate here again. And they pumped us, um, but we finished up winning 4-2. Um, Simon Hill famously has said that. When I came off and got down the tunnel after he planted a great big kiss on me and I do remember it funny enough but I just didn't <laughs> put the two people together and obviously the same person together but uh, no it was a very very big occasion the expectation was great and to see Manchester City um, be part of helping them get back to the Premier League was a, was a really, really big thing for me.
1: Yeah, I know just watching you speak and interviewing other footballers when you talk to them about their highlights, their, their face kind of lights up because mm. it's, uh, it's great to reminisce. And I suppose in your career, you've obviously had a few lows along the way. When you look back on your career, is it the, the highs that you look back on most? You know, you see the heartache that goes, you know, I always think of Janinho sitting on that pitch as a Middlesbrough player, you know, like he was completely spent when they got relegated on the last day of the season. Yeah. Do the lows stick with you as much or, or does that depend on your personality, I suppose?
4: The lows, um, the lows you do carry with you. I had a terrible time at Cardiff. Um, that was very, very hard for me personally. Um, get, you know, I've gone through situations of getting booed by your own supporters. That's tough, tough to deal with. Being an Englishman playing in Wales, getting booed, whether it's because of your football ability or whether it's because of your yeah. nationality, you know, whatever reason, that's tough to deal with. I wouldn't say over the course of my career I had too many lows. You know, obviously you suffer relegations, but you're part of that collectively as a team. So you pick yourself up, and we always bounce back. Either got promotion. or or had a good successful season straight after. So um, you've got to try and be, as a professional footballer, as level as you can, whether you win, whether you lose, whatever game it is, you keep the same emotion because you can't afford to have the highs and the lows. You, you just can't play games like that. You know, I still can't cut my head around here, this singing a song, it's a thing they do after games. I don't get it, you know? You gotta be, I, I'd rather you be graceful when you win, you know, and then when you lose, you sort of, you're respectful towards the other team, but you also analyze your own games as well, so. It's hard as a, as a professional player to, to cope with the highs and lows. Hmm. Spencer, with regards to obviously the coaches you've played under, as a Villa fan
3: myself with Martin O'Leal hmm. in charge now, yeah, he's a bit of an enigma, you know, particularly in the transfer market. You know, I wish he was a bit quicker and a bit more decisive. As a centre-half, did he ever ask you to play right-back?
4: We, we played a back three. First year with Leicester, we played a back three and we played out at at Sunderland. Myself and Casey Keller signed the same day. There was myself, I was playing the right side of the three, there was Steve Walsh, and then we had Julian Watts playing on the left hand side or or Simon Grayson, but Simon maybe played as a wing back. And uh, so I often found myself playing out. In the right back slot, right? Of the, of so the he's three. got history then because we signed yeah. Carlos Queiro for eight million as a centre half last season, and he played him at right back all season. Yeah, look, so. he he wants players to be adaptable. He gives you a job to do, and you go and do the job. That's what Martin O'Neill is so great at doing. You you got you get given a role, and you know your role. You know it inside out. And he expects you to go and do that. So whoever you're playing against, in whatever position you're playing against, you know the player you're playing against. You know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, uh, and he expects you to do that. He hands the responsibility um, and accountability back to you as players, yeah. knowing your job. You get well paid, so don't just uh, expect to be doing one job. Would he be? Would he be? Where would he sit on the coaches you worked under? Managers, yeah, uh, at the very, very top of the Christmas really? tree. In terms of managers, in terms of as a coach, he didn't do much coaching. Steve Warford did, does all the coaching he for him, does, yeah. and still does. What well, Martin does is his man management skills are absolutely second to none. Um, I've got to play under some great coaches, nice. people like Steve Round at Derby, um, who's now at Everton, assisting with David Moyes. Um, Steve McLaren whatever you think of him as a national team manager was an absolutely amazing coach really really forward thinking so for me to go from Leicester where it was quite old school back into and then going into somewhere where it was really forward thinking at Derby it was a great great place to go
2: I just got a question about a specific game actually 2002 FA Cup game Cardiff Um, hosting a Leeds team when when Leeds were when Leeds were good and had the likes of um, you know (laughs) Verduka and Fowler and obviously you know you were playing at the back that day and you had to take on Fowler who's now over here and obviously Verduka the former Socceroo have you got any memories about taking those two on or how that game went
4: because you got through uh, didn't you too yeah we beat them 2-1 in 2-1 it might have been in normal time as well Scott Young scored the winner right at the death yep but they were obviously at the, the, the highest point that they'd been Ridgdale gone out spent millions of money that he didn't own and <laughs> uh, I think that was the beginning of the the downfall for, for Leeds if I'm quite honest did you cause it then is obvious? <laughs> I hope so <laughs> you know look, look I, I, I like Leeds I, Simon Grayson obviously I play with it. Esther and he's uh, a fantastic manager but uh, look it was a, 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 a big game obviously we had Sam Haman was in charge um, he put together a, a decent squad in League 2 to try and get out and, and get the club up to Or oh, this was in League 1 sorry to get us up to what he thought would be strong enough to get to the Premier League you know Sam had great grandeurs for the club Obviously, the way it's turning there now at Cardiff, it's a a, a very, very well-run club. And uh, that day, I think we went 1-0 down. Yeah, uh, Verduga scored, 1-0 down, Mark Verduga. I think I gave the ball away to him Um, just inside their half, and he went on an absolute maze and just smashed it in the bottom corner. Graham Cavanaugh equalised with a free kick. And then uh, Trent's checking these stats. You mean, really I've got it. Yeah, right. got, got got, got scored, and then uh, and then Youngie turned up. The 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 game was really tarnished by a, a load of crowd violence after, which was caused by Sam which, doing his normal walking around the pitch thing that he liked <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have it, that. They? And uh, you know, it wasn't a nice place to be after the game because there was a lot of violence going on.
1: Who and was it? who was harder to mark, Fowler or or Viduka? They're very different players, but yeah, different.
4: Um, Veduka was just a, uh, just big and you couldn't get round him, but you knew if you could hold him off that he wasn't so bad. Fowler's movement was frightening and clinical inside the box. I probably played against it's hard to judge one against the other. I played against Robbie a lot more than I did against um, Veduka, but I'd say Robbie Fowler having to see at uh, his powers he was something special wasn't mm. he
1: now obviously you're, you're over here now mm. and uh, um, tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing at the moment a bit of coaching and you've got your, your football stores tell us a little yeah, bit yeah look that.
4: We've, we came over we've set up uh, a company Love Football based in, uh, on the northern beaches um, football is growing it's getting so big here now um, we, thought, we thought we found a gap in the market just trying to get the best football products out there, that's stand alone that's running itself now and it's going really really well um, me personally, I'm coaching assistant manager at Manly United in the, in the New South Wales Premier League mm-hmm. and uh, we're going into the finals in a couple of weeks time we're in a final at a Tiger Turf next weekend and uh, we've had a good year at Manly I've just finished my AFCA A licence, so I'm now an A licence coach, which I think uh, we've only got a couple of people in Australia who are high qualified, or we've got one in New Zealand, Ricky Herbert's got yeah. the pro, I think Ernie's, and Ernie's, Ernie's got the Ernie's a pro, probably, yeah. and um, mm. they, there's a group of guys that have now got the A licence, of which I'm one of them, so pushing on with that. Just done some work with N-Swiss up in Newcastle, working with the Institute of Kids there, they've been brilliant, yeah. so...
1: And a cool time on your playing career? Will we see you out there? I mean, I heard that we saw that you trialled with Newcastle Jets, but did, nothing, yeah. nothing came of that. What, what, what happened there? Were you what, close to playing? Or
4: Well, we were in pre-season with Manly United, and, and Gary Van I'll call him Gary Van because I'm respectful of the coaches, we don't call him Dutchie, you know, but uh, he phoned up through, he was actually through Ian Crook, I played with Crookie at Norwich, and the, He asked how fit I was, so we gave him all my test results and it was, well, would you want to come in for the last four games of the A-League? We need someone with a bit of a voice, a bit of experience that can help the younger players through. So it was all done and dusted. The deal was done. It was agreed money. I went up there and trained, uh, along with another boy. And for some reason or other, it it just didn't materialise. I've played this year with Manly in the State League. And this will be my last year playing. The knees are shot. Yeah. Um, playing on Sutherland's Tiger turf probably didn't help it out. But uh, it's it's been very, very good year. And I'm pleased I put the boots on again. I missed it last year. And uh, it's, it's been good to play again this year.
1: Well, if you uh, want to give some business to an ex-Premier uh, League uh, legend, as we like to call you, uh, the website's lovefootball.com.au, is that right? That's it. Excellent. So head over there for all your, your footballing needs. Uh, we're out of time in this segment. Thanks, Spencer, for your memories. And uh, come back and we'll be previewing the kickoff of the
0: A-League. I just don't know what's wrong with some tradies today. Look at the vehicles they drive. More show than anything and certainly not tough. I reckon some tradies have even gone soft. For real, fair dinkum tough tradies, there's only one choice, Mahindra. Mahindra's range of 4x2 and 4x4 workhorse pickups and cab chassis know how to get the job done. And they won't cost an arm and a leg, starting at $19,990 drive away. Visit your local dealer for a test drive today, or visit
7: mahindrapickup.com.au. Did you know you can write your own legal will with the Australian Will Kit? There's numbered instructions for every clause and they're very easy to understand. Simply fill in the blank spaces. It's quick and easy to do and the Australian Will Kit tells you how to witness and store your completed will when you're finished. It even tells you how to cancel any previous wills you may have written before. The Australian Will Kit is only $29.95 plus postage and handling and there's no ongoing costs or hidden fees. Don't let others decide who'll get your estate and don't miss out on the bonus offer we have for you right now. When you buy the Australian Will Kit today, we'll give you a bonus will form for your partner absolutely free, so you can both write a will that's legal right throughout Australia. For your peace of mind, call today for your very own Australian Will Kit. Here's how to order. Call 1800 200 109. That's 1800 200 109. Write the number down. 1800 200 109. Call now.
5: Cars Guide, now have their own weekly podcast. Log on to carsguide.com.au and download the latest edition of Cars Guide Radio each week. All the latest automotive news, interviews with industry leaders, road safety advice, driving and car tips and lots of fun. So, if you're a car nut, join Joel Helms for Cars Guide Radio available at carsguide.com.au or search for Cars Guide Radio. Radio on iTunes. Back to 442 Insider.
1: Welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast, and uh, we're probably getting to the bit where everyone's been waiting for the preview of the weekend's game, starting tonight, Thursday, A League season five. Let's get straight into it, boys. Uh, tonight eight o'clock local time Melbourne Victory versus Central Coast Mariners in Melbourne it's been three years since a reigning championship side has won their first game of the next season the only team to ever do it is Sydney FC so uh, guys thoughts on thoughts on this game
2: yeah the champions curse can Melbourne go back to back that's quite a good opening fixture for them Thursday night they'll have a big crowd there um, you know the Mariners haven't had a, a good run at the end of last season um, through the Asian Champions League so I think they'll, they'll fancy picking up uh, Free there I mean the Mariners got goals in their team you know when they want to so it won't be a washover but I think I fancy Melbourne home advantage there
3: I think for me I think it's a masterstroke putting Melbourne at home on a Thursday night because we know they're going to get a big crowd and I think it's a really good challenge to the, the supporters of the other teams this weekend to get out there and support You know, it's like it's a challenge to all the home teams to say look they've kicked the season off in fashion there's 25,000 30,000 there get out and support your teams I think we might see an uplift in, in the attendances elsewhere on the pitch I think obviously the Mariners have got to answer the question who's going to replace Yedennak, which they couldn't, they haven't answered yet. As far as I can gather, I haven't seen them pre-season, but but looking on some of the fans' forms, it seems like they've been playing Boich in that position. Pedge Boic, who um, certainly look, you know, looks like he's got he's got that ability. He's pretty t- tough in a tackle and can distribute. Um, be interesting to see how the two new lads get on as well that they've brought in. Uh, Nick Travis from Sheffield United, who apparently looking into can, can pretty much play anywhere played in midfield. He's, he's a tall lad, 183 centimetres. And McGlinchey, the ex-Celtic boy, who's been playing, at the sign for two years. So, you know, the Mariners will enjoy it. They've got nothing to lose, I think. I
4: think they'll go there and, and give it a crack. Yeah, Spencer. Melbourne victory will win tonight. Um, I, I, I'm gonna to agree with what Andy said earlier on, that they've had such great continuity. Everybody knows each other. I've, I've not seen too much of what they've done in pre-season. I've, I've been watching Central Coast. Uh, and their results during pre-season, but I think I think Melbourne Victory, will, if the supporters turn out in big numbers and, and get behind their players, I think they'll be too strong for them tonight.
1: Yeah, uh, Friday night sees Adelaide United uh, come up against Perth Glory at Hindmarsh. Perth Glory's Jacob Burns and Mile Stojowski set to reunite for their first national team games in in over nine years, and the two played in the same final match. Uh, for Parramatta Power, way back in the uh, year 2000, I'm trumping Trev on the stats here. Ooh, but God, uh, I tell you what,
4: someone's done a bit of research. S- yeah.
1: Spencer, sounds with, sounds like it Simon Hill it. This a new level <laughs> for <the Stat-a-thon>. season. <laughs> it
4: was a statathon for a little bit.
1: Who do you see? Uh, who do you see coming out glorious in this one?
4: Perth. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Chris Coyne and uh, I'd like to see the combination Chris Coyne and Andy Todd at the back. I think that will be. Uh, Very strong. I know Andy Todd back training this week, so hopefully he's fit enough to play. Um, He's gone and recruited really well this year. I think you know um, what's the fella called up front? Daddy Darnie. Yeah. Uh, He he went away and he's you know he kept fit during the close season back in Mm -hmm. Europe, so he should come back and hopefully give us a lot of goals. He, He was outstanding last year and uh, all the off the field stuff that's gone on at Adelaide now being controlled by the FFA I think there's a lot of stuff that's gone on behind the scenes there I just think Perth will go and win this game
5: Andy?
3: Yeah I I'd, I'd, I'd probably I'd, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a draw I think Perth will take a while to get their combinations the interesting thing for me is who he's going to play up front with Daddy because he's talked about playing Stojovsky in a, in a forward role but they've also signed this guy that no one's really seen yet Branko Jelic who you know is a Golden Boot winner in the Chinese League was playing in Germany last season. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing him. So I think it'd be interesting to see how Mitch sets them out to play. Um, you know where he plays them. Obviously, I think he's going to have Jacob Burns in the mid anchor in the midfield. So I, I'm probably going to tip a draw simply because I think Perth will take a couple of games to hit their straps.
2: Trevor, where do you sit? It's um, interesting talking about Perth's chances. When we spoke to, um, to Archie at the, the A-League launch, we said, you know, who you worried about the most. And he sort of said, well, you know, everyone. But he did give a special mention to Perth. And he said, it's, in particular, even though it hasn't been in previous seasons, the trip over there, you know, to play that, that new roster of players is, is going to be um, a worry. With that said, I think Adelaide are going to win that game. Um, Adelaide kind of gone on the radar a little bit in the closed season because everyone's talking about, you know, the new teams and Melbourne retaining and Sydney new coach and, you know, Per for their socceries that people will not really mention Adelaide and the fact you know they were in the grand final last season they were runners up and I think they will still pick up points at home and I think they'll win
1: that game yeah moving on on Saturday first of the double header on, on Saturday's games North Queensland Fury versus uh, Sydney FC never before in over 6,000 okay. matches in the National League has a game been played north of Brisbane wow
3: there we go. I'll tell you what, it's follow, and follow up. Up. Stunned
1: into silence, aren't you, with my knowledge? I can't believe you printed that email out. And, and Now you're reading it. All my own work, right? lad. <laughs> so where do, where do we think? Uh, where, where do you think it would be? The new boys or or Bling FC? Um, I'm
3: going to tip Sydney to win. Uh, I think it will be tight. I think it will be tighter than people think. That's a, you know, um, it's still going to be warm up there right at 5:30. But I think yeah. I, I, I think a lot's been made about. It. Playing up there, but it's not like we've got you know North Queensland's full of players from that area that have been playing there for 20 years. So I think it's going to be as tough for the for the Fury players as it is for the visitors. Um, Sydney FC, I think, will be very well disciplined. I think that's what we've seen from pre-season. I've seen them a couple of times. You know, they've got that European influence and coach. I think they, you know, they when they lose the ball, they they track back quickly and get the two lines of four um, I think the interesting thing is that I think North Queensland have got the ability to worry Sydney at the back um, if Robbie Fowler with his movement but also with also David Williams I think we'll, we'll ask a few questions and that's probably the one area I think where Sydney are, are a little bit weak is in that central defensive position particularly against, against Pace which I think Williams has got yeah. um, so I think it'll be tighter but I'll tip Sydney just to get up
2: I think if anyone's 18 or over and is looking to gamble responsibly, I would put your money on Sydney this week. I think they're about 2.3 to take the win out there, and I really fancy them to. So they had a great pre season. North Queensland are going to fear gonna take a little bit of time to settle. Um, and yeah, I, I think I don't think Sydney will thrash because I don't think Sydney will have that approach this season. I think they'll, they'll look to sort of hold out and take their chance when they get it. But uh, yeah, Sydney, 1 0 probably.
1: Spencer?
4: we played at Sydney in, uh, in pre-season we were one of the teams with Manly and uh, they do look organised um, they do look really disciplined I think they might struggle to score a ton of goals um, I think you're right about the combination at the back who's going to play they've got the, the boy Keller in the Swiss international no one's seen him play yet so we yeah. don't really know how he's going to be I think Simon Colossum will probably partner him at the back there isn't much pace there, you're absolutely right with that and I think they will be looking to exploit that North Queensland. For the sake of the game and for the sake of Sydney I'd love to see John Aloisi get a goal. On, on the first game I'd love to see it but I'm going to go for a draw here I don't think either side I think Sydney's pre-season schedule has been too heavy they've done like something like 20 games a ridiculous amount of games they're, they're almost halfway through a normal season I think the interesting thing is and you talked about earlier
3: with, with Ian Ferguson is that he's a winner and, mm. and he's already made mention of the fact that obviously Sydney SC spanked North Queensland down in Cronulla 4-0 mm. and you know, he will be reminding them of that and you know, saying that we need to address the balance here and you need to go out there and, and really put everything on the line. So I think it'll be a lot tighter than that game was.
1: Yeah. Uh, second game of the doubleheader, arguably the game of the round. Uh, the first ever Queensland derby. And also only the second time that a coach has come up against his ex-team. First time obviously being John Cosmina when Sydney played Adelaide. But, um, yeah, a lot of anticipation for this game. Trevor, where, where do you see this one... Uh,
2: it's a, going. it's a big game everyone's been talking about it for months everyone's excited about it definitely a draw <laughs> <laughs> there's no I way nil, nil. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way this game won't be even nil, 0-0 nil or 1-1 one, one. Um, yeah they're just, I think it's not so much you know I think they'd, they'd both love to win it but they'd both hate losing it even more and with that in mind it'd be a, a point of peace
1: I think
4: yeah Spencer I'm going to tip Queensland raw. I think Frank Verrone would have got his players absolutely fired up. I think it's it? probably about, an, well, it'd be less than even better. Danny Tiatto getting a yellow card in the first fifteen <laughs> minutes of this game, um, and I just think they'll be too strong. They've got a lot of experience, probably more experience actually than Gold Coast. The the, the home crowd will be an advantage for them, and uh, you know we've all talked about the the game having been switched, and I think Frank Farina will get the players certainly up to put one over on mr blyberg mm. andy
3: yeah good. i think the first 15 minutes are going to be there's going to be a few fireworks you know there's a lot of people you know jason colina big ticket mark he's got a lot to prove you know he's probably going to be facing off against teatro or certainly they're going to be in that area so i'll be looking to uh teatro to give him a welcome back to welcome back to australia <laughs> yeah. either a dig in the ribs or something just over the top um i'm going to um Result-wise, I'm going to go with Trev. I think whenever there's a game with this much at stake, invariably you struggle to get anything other than a draw. I hope it's a high-scoring draw because I'd like to see um, Schmelz and, uh, and Joel Porter to get off, the, uh, get off the mark.
1: Yeah, and the final game uh, of the round, round one, is on Sunday. Newcastle Jets against Wellington Phoenix. My fascinating fact for this game is that um, Newcastle Jets defender Adam Depuzzo is playing his 50th game fantastic that was an
4: incredible amount
3: of research Chris Chris Greenacre's playing his first
1: maybe that just probably (laughs) shows the excitement level of this game compared to the other ones but let's not do them uh, uh, an injustice it's uh, a good game to see Newcastle see whether they can come back from from last season's disappointments and uh, Wellington obviously see how they can do without Shane Smeltz really so where where do we see that one going Andy I'm going to
3: go for a Wellington win I like Wellington I like them as a club. I like the fans. I think they're great, um, and I think they'll win. I think um, I think they've recruited pretty well to replace Smelts. Um. Couple of players of, of similar background, and similar stature to when Smeltz came back in Eiffel and um, and Greenacre, and I think Newcastle have got a lot of a lot of stuff going on off the pitch, which I think will have disrupted it. You know, Vineroli is he going to be there? Isn't he? You know, and Branco himselfs come out and said that it's thrown a massive spanner in the works. You know, if he's not there, um, so yeah, I'm going to tip Wellington to get up. Excellent.
4: with Spencer? Chris Greenacre scoring yeah, oh, sure. oh, I think Wellington also um, as you said the stuff that's going on off off the field you know the change of manager now with Branko getting the job there's the upheaval from the, the, the staff point of view the team behind the team looking at that I think uh, they have recruited well Wellington Chris Greenacre is a very good striker he's very proven in League 1 in the UK and I'll I think he'll get a load of goals this year. I'll go through with I think. Do you know anything yeah. about the Paul, the Paul Eiffel? He played 33 games Crystal Palace last season. And Same thing, yeah. and a very you know another very good player with the UK pedigree. We've we've seen a lot of players that have come over here from there before that have just not done it. But I think the recruiting has been very good this year from from the UK. Trevor final
1: word where do you see this one going
4: come of the hour come of the man isn't it this is Chris Gre-
2: Chris Greenacre written all over it, isn't it our Chris
4: Greenacre yeah, our,
2: Chris our Chris Greenacre, Greenacre. Yeah, the Jets will be running scared when they see him on the pitch um, that said I think it'll be a draw actually I think <laughs> <laughs> nil nil <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll f- <laughs> no I think it'll be four all but um, <laughs> I I'll fancy a draw though. I think the, the Jets and the first uh, Lubo as well um,
1: playing at the back yeah um, draw Great, fellas. Thanks very much for all your insight and efforts today. Um, Thank you to the listeners for joining us on the 442 Insider podcast. Don't forget that you can listen to us on the interweb at au.442.com or subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be back next week, and uh, thanks for listening. See you then. 442 Insider is a Helms Media
0: Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.